Growth is the only way to unlock your true greatness, not only to yourself, but to the world. I'm your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm here to encourage you to explore the possibilities of your best life, what it looks like, and what it takes to get there. I've gathered successful leaders all around the globe to ask the questions we all want to know about business, wealth, health, and relationships. So settle in. You're listening to the Growth and Greatness Podcast. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Growth and Greatness Podcast. I am your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm so excited to be coming to you guys again tonight. It is going to be another great show. Our topic of conversation tonight is leveraging your marriage to become your best self. I could not do this episode without my very, very special guest tonight, Jonathan Lamb. For those of you who don't know, he is my husband. Not only have we been married for 10 years this year, uh, but he has also been a counselor for married couples for probably more than 15 years. So not only does he come with the wealth of experience from our relationship, but he also comes with a wealth of relationship knowledge from so many other relationships that he has counseled and married and all of those things. So I'm super excited to jump into our topic tonight, leveraging your marriage to become your best self. So without further ado, I want to bring my special guest in to the room. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening. I'm fantastic. I am so honored and excited about this podcast tonight and listen the shock and the awe when i received the invitation to be on you have such great caliber of people and it's just an honor and a privilege to be a part of the growth and greatness podcast so thank you Well, the honor is definitely all mine. So thank you so much for making the time for such a podcast tonight. So dear, our conversation tonight, and I want to jump right into it because I feel like we're going to use this whole hour like this. We're talking about leveraging your marriage to become your best self. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are just about the title alone and what comes to mind. I think that Marriage definitely is a covenant relationship that should leverage your life. But I think a lot of times people come into marriage without really thinking through what does their life look like or what do they want their life or their marriage to look like. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone, right? And so he institutes marriage in order for there to be a greater impact, in order for there to be greater resources, uh, greater achievements, all of those things. That is part of the purpose of marriage. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more in as we go on in, in the episode tonight. A lot of times we get married and then we're like, oh shoot, now what? And so 
those, and I hope there's not just married folks on tonight or listening today, but even those that are getting ready to get married, because even in counseling folks, a lot of folks, they just want to get married because that's the thing to do. It's the right thing to do. The person's cute. They like each other. They having fun, all that kind of stuff, but they have not really figured out why is God putting us together and him putting you together with somebody in God's mind is the fact that you ought to be better together than by yourself. I think that that's interesting that you say that, that marriage is supposed to leverage your whole life. Because when I think about being the best wife that I can be, if I automatically think task, like doing this thing, you know, I want to, I want to be loving, check. <laughs> I want to be caring, check. I want to, you know, run a smooth household, check. I want to do these things. But when I think about becoming my best self, I don't know that I always consider my marriage as a part of that, right? Like I think about being a wife and sometimes I feel super compartmentalized and being my best self and being the best wife, I'm not sure if they always overlap. And I wondered if your experience is the same. Well, yes and no. I think that early on, as I began to grow in my relationship with the Lord, and I began to read through the scriptures about what a husband's supposed to be, what a wife is supposed to be, or what have you, the Bible likens marriage to the church. And he says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church and has given his life for it. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord, or what have you. And, and he parallels the marriage relationship to the church. And we know that he he comes and he rescues the church to bring impact to the world. And so a lot of times when we talk about roles as what is the role of the husband? What is the role of the wife? For the husband is to protect and to provide, and, but to protect and provide what? Hmm. And so a lot of times we just regulate that to make sure there's shelter, make sure that there, the lights are on, make sure that there's food, make sure that nobody's attacking your family, all that kind of stuff. But could it go beyond that where we are providing a platform for the purposes of God to flourish, mm -hmm. where we are protecting one another so that we can be what we are called to be. And so even in counseling folks, it's so interesting that when people get to the place where they're considering divorce or separation, and all this kind of stuff. One of the first things that they say is, I've lost myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. Hmm. All of these things. And the question is, what was the vision in the first place? Because you don't get married to get lost. You get married so that you can do the thing that God has placed on the inside of both of you that should be compatible and should complement one another and cause you to be able to go further and greater and have a better impact. That's really powerful that you said that. We don't get married to get lost. Let that resonate with you because how many of us and I can put my hand up, not necessarily in my, my marital relationship, but in other relationships in the past. Like I really wasn't thinking about my authentic self, right? It just kind of feels like 
I'm gonna reach my authentic self and it's just a matter of time. It's not necessarily a matter of who I'm married to or who I'm dating. And I don't think that a lot of people are thinking about how the person that they choose to date or marry could impact their ability to really connect with their authentic self. Absolutely. And what happens is when you have either not found out who you are authentically or you have played small in order to not scare somebody off, right? You are now in this relationship and trying to maneuver without revealing that I really haven't been honest the whole way. You know what I mean? Like you are trying to figure out how now do I walk out my purpose now that I got the wife the husband or what have you, but now I'm trying to figure out how do I now lean into my purpose? I think even when we were first talking or dating or what have you, we would have these conversations and you'd be like, well, I'm not ready to be a wife yet. I'm not, you know, there's things I want to accomplish. And in my mind, I'm like, what are you trying to accomplish on your own that we can't accomplished together. But again, depending on the kind of household you you have come from, the kind of history you have, because if we're honest, a lot of marriages, if we're not careful, they are in competition with each other. Hmm. I do want to interject. I'm so sorry. That is so key. And I wonder, it could be me, but I just wonder how countercultural it is because there are so many things that we kind of put on our plates. I know for me, like I was like, there are things that I definitely want to do before I get married. Like there are some things that I definitely want to achieve before I even engage another person, right? And it really wasn't until you and I started talking that it really like challenged me. Like, what are all these boxes that I'm trying to check off before I begin to share my life with somebody? And is that necessarily the best course of action? Right. So, you know, we're taught like get your own stuff because here we go. Here we go. Here we here go. We go. We in it now. Okay. Like so many people have been taught and I get it like 50% of marriage in right? So we are folks come together to be married. They're having these conversations with their family. They're having these conversations with the people around them and they are preparing many times for failure. Mm. They're like, you better have your own. You better have your own house. You better have your name on the deed. You better save some money to the side because you're going into this covenant relationship as if it's not going to last. Mm. And so the purpose of covenant is to say, we are entering into this relationship because we believe that we are meant to be together and that we are binding ourselves together. And the only way to get out of this is by death. Because I believe I have found the right person, not so much the right person, but I am entering into this covenant with a person that I believe together we are going to be able to see our dreams come to pass. We're going to be able to see the vision that's on the inside of both of us come to pass. But many times people don't even talk about those things. They're just ready for the wedding. Hmm. So maybe the the approach that we're taking to marriage is short-sighted and narrow. I can only say for myself, mine was definitely short-sighted and narrow. And it wasn't until I found myself married that I began to say, okay, Lord, obviously there's got to be something more to this. It just can't be the domestic life and then working and making money and then making decisions. Like there's got to be something else to this. 
But I want to talk specifically about personal growth within the context of marriage. I would like for you to talk about how marriage can be a great tool for personal growth and your take on that. I always say this, marriage is the greatest, hardest thing you will ever do in life. In life. And in life, right? It's the greatest, hardest thing you will ever do because as a single person, you don't have somebody being a mirror in front of you. You don't have somebody challenging you in the things that you do or asking the questions like, why do you do what you do? Or why do you say this? Or why do you do that? Many times we're going through life thinking we're pretty cool. We're pretty good. But listen, you lock in with the one that you love. You can't walk away when you're mad. You can't go to your house when, you know, leave and go to your home when you're mad because you're already home. You have someone there that if you can get to the place and understand that they love me and I love them and they want the best for me. And it's not, it's not just a person that is disgruntled or upset all the time or what have you, but it's actually a person that wants the best and wants to see us grow. If you can submit to that. And I think that's where discussing what the vision is, mm -hmm. where are we going? How are we going to get there? You know, and having somebody see your blind spots, listen, you begin to grow and you begin to grow faster and in ways that you never thought possible. For sure. um, one of the things you know, we've been married 10 years, but our first two years of marriage was like just trying to get to know each other. We're fighting to be right, fighting to be right, you know, fighting, convince the other one that I'm the best thing that's ever happened, like all this stuff. But we had to grow in some things. Sure. And I remember listening to a pastor early on in our marriage, and he said, Listen, when the pastor, the preacher, or whoever marries you, and they declare that you are now husband and wife, it really is a prophetic utterance because you haven't been that before. At least you have not been, nine times out of 10, you have not been that to the person that you are saying I do to. And so you are entering into this relationship and we're calling you husband and wife, but it takes time to learn how to be that. And I think that when you recognize that, it gives you a chance to breathe, but it also lets you know, like you're gonna grow into this thing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be perfect. And I think one of the things that plagues our generation right now is we're trying to be perfect out of the gate. And if it doesn't come easy, then we just want to quit. But if you can stay in there and you can grow and you can learn, you will become greater than what you ever imagined. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a learning curve. Right. You know what one of the things is that... I think was probably a challenge for me in the beginning is like when you are in a relationship with somebody in a marital relationship and there's no way out. <laughs> one of the things that you have to like really resolve is that person's motives towards you, right? Because especially if you're somebody who likes to argue, right? And like you're talking to somebody and you're like, oh, you're, you're, you're trying to, I see what you're trying to do. You're like, you're trying to, you're trying to set me up. You're trying to play this angle. You're, you're, you're trying to prove a point. You're trying to do this thing. Right. And so if I feel like I can, if I feel like I can assess your motives towards me and they are, in my opinion, they're not, 
you know, coming just from a loving place or whatever. Like you're, you're trying to, you're trying to get at something. Now, all of a sudden I'm playing a defense game. Right. And, um, I remember early in our marriage, you had, you said something to me and it really, I really had to wrestle with that. You were like, before we argue about anything, like, I really want you to know at the foundation of our relationship that everything I say to you is because I love you. Now, that's not saying that we don't have interactions and we have to like apologize and all of that stuff. But like, if we can just set the ground, the the foundation for like, I love you and I am going to do whatever is in my power to help you, to do whatever is in my power to build you, whatever is in my power to lift you. If we can establish those protocols within the relationship, then being able to hear somebody advise me on a blind spot is a lot easier. It's Mm -hmm. easier (laughs) to swallow that pill, which can sometimes be a hard pill. Because when you have somebody in your life that's pointing out your blind spots, a lot of times that is a hard pill to swallow. And sometimes it can feel like that person's picking at you, especially if you don't have a lot of people in your life that are speaking to your blind spot. You'd be like, who do you think you are? Who asked you for all this information? Like, it can feel like, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just an affront, like, ugh, get out of here with that, right? And so because we don't, And I'll say for me, because I didn't really grow up with those kinds of friends and those kinds of relationships that were pointing blind spots out. When I got married, it was like, excuse, what, 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 what? (laughs) Like, why are you giving me all this information that I did not ask for? (laughs) So. Oh, this is so good. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) No, it's true because listen, most of us, we choose the path of least resistance, right? Yes. And most of us, we want we want to be around people that celebrate us. And we think yes. that a friend is someone that's got, they got my back, ride or die, and all this kind of stuff. And a yes. lot of times, we have people in our life that are co-signing on our mess, that are co-signing on our dysfunction, that are co-signing. And so it's great to have them because they always got my back. They're always, you know, ready to fight for me or what have you. But the question is, are they making you better? And I grew up, I grew up in a around people that were doing some pretty significant things early on in their lives. And there was a lot of competition. And so we had like, they loved us and they were kind, but at the same time, they'd be like, listen, you need to like this, this thing over here is going to bite you later. Right. Or they would just, you know, you try to get into certain rooms and they're like, you're not, you're not ready. Right. And so, again, I've always wanted to be and, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at this because there are times when when you don't know the motive of the person. And it's interesting because you would think we're we're getting married. We're saying I do to each other. Surely we've already checked out each each other's motives for each other. No, but most of the time we haven't. Right. And there are areas and hot buttons and exposed nerves that are out there. And we're like, listen, don't even touch that. Don't even go there. Don't even whatever. And so while we're trying to help each other, we many times we take it as though you done declared war on this thing. Right. And so we can't move in strength because 
the enemies were supposed to be fighting together, we're too busy fighting each other. Very true. But the question is, where are we going? Because we don't need correction if we're not going nowhere. You don't need correction if you're not going nowhere. And I think that and the, even, even the, the idea, the mere idea that our spouses should be correcting, like we should be correcting each other, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, ugh, that thought. But it's true, right? You guys, don't leave me out here alone. <laughs> <laughs> while I agree, while I agree with what, uh, what Jonathan is saying, I think it would be crazy of me if I was just like, that's absolutely true. That's what we do. <laughs> we all out here trying to grow people. And um, the idea about- We got scars. We got scars. <laughs> yeah. And the idea about trading correction, it does not feel, it doesn't feel good. And even in some cases, it feels like, who qualified you to correct me? How in the world? Who gave you that job? I didn't. I was a hiring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it anyone? Hello? Anybody? This thing on? It's so funny. Tracy Clark says, oh, it's a hard pill to swallow when you have done it on your own for so long. And when you are shown your blind spots, you tend to be on the defense. It's out of love, no doubt. So very hard to receive it as coming from such a place. And and I think that's I think that's one of the challenges, right, is that we've been on our own. We've been doing life on our own. We've been doing life with our on our own terms, right? And we're like, I can fix this. I can many of us, we want to, we want to be Clark Kent that turns into Superman in a secret place. So you look normal, but then you come out the closet, Superman, and you and are the best self. all buildings in a single bound, right? But that's not realistic. And we need people to help us get to our superhero status, but it's going to be a long road and a hard road if you're trying to do it on your own. And so many folk, you know, it's so funny because when you're single, you're like, I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Right. And then, and then the person comes and now we mad because they trying to help, right? Because they ain't helping the way we want them to help. Right. And so, so all before that, we like, oh God, I just, I'm, I'm sick. Lord, just send them, do this, do that. Right. And then he sends the very person that you need and desire. And then we despise what they bring to the table. Well, what's funny is we kind of have in our mind already what we want that person to do and be. So we, we want the Lord to send them, but when they get there, we're like, you stand here, you say this, right? do this. <laughs> Now I want you to do this. Now put your head like this. <laughs> put your arms out. Hold me. <laughs> so we really just want like a character in our story so that we can finish the narrative for ourselves. But we don't, we don't, you know what I mean? Sometimes our scope is not broad enough to think that this person is coming in and what they're bringing to the situation is really something that should be enhancing us in a different way, right? We think about being enhanced in all of the ways that we want, but not in all of the ways that we need. That's it. And sometimes that voice sounds like an authority figure in our life that we didn't like the first time it was said. And so there have been times 
you know, that I've had to apologize. There's been many times um, that I've had to apologize. This is growth and greatness. This is transparency. Praise the Where Lord. there are things that Candace has said to me, but it sounded a lot like my mother or it sounded like, you know, someone else that or a past relationship. And I'm like, you know, I had to get over some of those hurdles because the motives were different or what have you. And so now I'm mad at her. I'm mad at Ken. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm here to love you. Right. But I'm like, you don't talk to me like that. Like, like we transform from where we are back to our childhood or back to that old, Ooh, I feel God right there back to an old relationship that took all of our strength to get free from. Right. But how many know that even in bad relationships, that whole relationship wasn't always bad and everything that they said wasn't necessarily all a lie. Right. And so when you when you get into a loving relationship, you have to be intentional. Right. To to work through some of these things so that we can grow. Yeah. Yeah, I think about the marriage relationship being the perfect space to walk out that scripture that says to take the plank out of your own eye first <laughs> before you start to deal with the splinter that's in your brother's eye. Because when you deal with yourself, but not just deal with yourself, because sometimes we measure ourselves by ourselves, right? Yeah. But but how are we achieving the best version of ourselves if the ones closest to us, they like, mm. <laughs> you are front end for real, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's like, <laughs> that's like, I'm showing up as the best version of myself for all the strangers, but the people who know me the most, they're not buying it, right? So, mm -hmm. The goal is to show up as the best version of yourself and have everybody that knows you and loves you and encounters you the most be able to vouch that that's 100% authentic. But how do you do that? Like by really being good at taking the plank out of your eye. And it's not just the plank that you think that you have, right? It's the mm -hmm. plank that other people right. can see as well. So it's like, it. there are things that are in my eye and I'm like, oh, that don't hurt no more. So it's fine. Just leave it right there. It's fine. You know, <laughs> meanwhile, Jonathan's like, uh, you need to deal with that. I'm like, no, no, just leave it. It's fine. You know, I already learned how to walk with it. I already learned how to deal with it. You know, it doesn't bother me. So why is it bothering you? And, um, in order to grow and, and really move to the next level and really allow our relationships to also grow, right? Because we can't grow as individuals and our relationships stay in the same place. And sometimes we're wanting our relationships to grow. Um, we want uh, the growth of our relationships to exceed our personal growth. And that can't be. Come on, come That on, can't be. Like we, I will for you. We want the growth of our relationships to exceed our personal growth. And that can't be. And so we do have to be able to deal with the plank that's in our own eye before we start dealing with what's going on with our our, our uh, spouse. Because it's easier to deal with the thing that's in his eye because 
I can, you know, me pointing it out and me trying to fix it, it doesn't do, it don't hurt me at all. You know, he's the one hurting by me digging in his eye, trying to get it out. Meanwhile, I'm footloose and fancy free with this thing sticking out of my eye. <laughs> and I've wrote myself off because I'm off limits. Don't talk to me about it. This is just how I am. This is just how I live my life. But that's just not real. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not realistic if you want to grow. That's it. And if you want your relationship. So I think when we talk about leveraging our marriage, right, it does start with us mm -hmm. individually, right? But it also, it quickly comes together because we're in this thing together. I don't know if you've ever played that game uh, or been in a race, the three-legged race where they tie your legs together. Mm -hmm. um, and then the two of you got to run together and like, in order to win, you've got to find your stride, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter how fast one person is if That's the right. other one can't keep they up. They can be a track star. Right? And so, again, this is this is a scripture that we always use for, for, um, for marriage, but it's like, how can two walk together unless they agree, right? Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, right? And that term yoked, it really is an agricultural term. It's the yoke is what they put on the oxen in order for the oxen to plow the field for the crop that they're about to plant so that they can have a great harvest, right? And have more resources, right? So the whole goal is to prepare a ground for seed so that you can have impact for a harvest that's going to feed you and feed others and produce more seeds so that you can continue this cycle, right? You are together in order to build something, right? Whatever that is. And so when it's talking about don't be unequally yoked, if you have a matured oxen with an immature oxen, right? They're going to wear each other out. And not only are they going to wear each other out, but it's going to diminish the yield that field can have because they're not going to be able to plow it right. Man. And so many times we are, we are hooked up with folks that are maybe not at the same running at the same speed or the same maturity or what have you, but either we've made the decision to yoke up. And so you're going to have to help each other mature so that we can build the thing we're called to build. Mm -hmm. But if we're just wearing each other out, we're going to miss our season for planting and therefore we will miss our season of harvest. And mm. so we are walking around mad and refusing to grow and we are living in scarcity, even though we have vision of greatness on the inside of us. Right. And so either you've got to choose better, but if you're already married, you've already chosen. Hallelujah. And so you're going to have to work it out and help each other grow. But if you spend all of your time fighting, there will be nothing to eat when it's the time for harvest. That is such a great that is such a great analogy, because, again, and it, it, it goes right back to what you started off with talking about our understanding of the purpose of our union and the vision for our union and what we are supposed to be achieving as a 
as a unit because it's so easy to get individualized within the context of your relationship. And it's like, well, if you're if if he refuses to change, then I'm not going to change. Right. If he if that's how he's going to be, then I'm going to set myself. I'm going to lower my expectations and I'm going to disengage. And I think that of the people that I have spoken to, spoken with and the couples that I've counseled, like it's super easy for people to just disengage. It's like, well, obviously you're not seeing it my way. Two of you are not seeing you're, you're not seeing eye to eye. You love each other enough to stay, or it's more of an inconvenience to leave each other. So you you stay physically, but you disengage in all of the other meaningful ways. And so then the question is, what are you producing with that union? And how in the world do you think that you're going to achieve your most authentic self and your best self when you are operating in that way. Now, Jonathan, you mentioned something during our prep time when you said that sometimes people will come out of a relationship, like they will break up or divorce or whatever. And then all of a sudden, then they start, then they turn into the person that, you know what I mean? Like the version of their best self, kind of, right? So now they're in the gym. Now they're, you know, now they're excelling in work. Now they're as if it was the breaking away that made them better. But but the question is, were you honest with yourself before you ever got into the relationship? Like, did you know who you were before you started? Because sometimes we'll get together with people and we won't know who we were, who we are before we get married. Then we blame our spouse for not allowing us to be who we always were. But we didn't know when we first got married. Right. And I think it's having those conversations, right? It's not just rushing to the altar to say, I do, right? It's really becoming self-aware. What do you want? What do you desire? Most of the time when people come to to me and they're like, Pastor Jay, do you do marriage counseling? Uh, Do you do wedding? Like, basically, they don't want my counsel. They just want me to do the wedding right? But my policy is I can't marry, like, I'm not going to do the wedding unless I've counseled you. And me counseling you does not mean that I'm automatically going to do the wedding because there's some things that we're going to find out in counseling that maybe y'all are not supposed to be together yet or ever, right? So again, if you are, if you are a person that you want to travel the world and all of these things and do all, see all these great things. And the person that you're trying to marry is, you know, wants to sit on the couch all day. That ain't going to work. It is not going to work. Right? Like if your purpose is to is to be, uh, you know, kind of in front of the camera or in the limelight or or what have you to be a leader, but you're marrying someone that's very jealous. That's not going to work. I said it's cute at first because it just feels right. like, oh, you know, they love me. They, they're so into me and all of those things. But when those things begin to um, compromise or erode your purpose because it's so much of a hassle to constantly be at odds, mm-hmm. those are things that you have to right. think about. Right. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, there are some we were talking about this earlier, like I've dated people that you know, when it's, when it was just us one-on-one, it was great. 
right? But then when I'm stepping into my purpose and I'm having to minister to people and I'm having to be around people and all this kind of stuff, you looking at me side-eyed, you know, and you're like, in the midst of me ministering, you're like, well, what about me? I'm like, this ain't gonna work. I don't care how nice you are when we're by ourselves or how accommodating you are. Like, your purpose and your and the call of God on your life or or the purpose of God on your life has to take precedence because the thing like that's the thing that's going to fulfill you that's the thing that's going to drive you and it includes where you live who you live with who you marry like all of those things is wrapped up and considered in the call of God, mm-hmm. right? And when you are outside of that, you begin to live this life that is unfulfilling and stagnant. And you looking at the person, you know, as if it's their fault or what have you. But again, you've got to figure out what am I called to do? Mm-hmm. And who and what is this person called to do? You've got to do your research before you make this lifelong commitment. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord can't move in the midst of things or what have you, but it takes work. We're constantly like, I love this. And I'm not saying this because it's Pastor C, but this growth and greatness. How many know that there is no greatness without growth? Period right? You've got to do the work. You've got to be honest. And one of the things I want to say earlier is that sometimes folks do have planks in their eye, but what they're saying is not always wrong. But what we will do is because they don't have their stuff together, we will use that as an excuse that we don't have to listen when we know that what they're saying is correct. Yikes. That is the truth. That is the truth. So we will stay immature. We will stay undisciplined. We will stay because we want to dig our heels in because what makes you think you can tell me that when your stuff stinks too? And the question is, do you want to eat? I feel God right there. Because the result of this is a harvest. But if I'm mad at the one I'm yoked up with, we're not plowing no ground. We're not sowing no seed. And when winter comes, we want to eat, but there's nothing in the ground to eat. Come on. And winter always comes. Winter is coming. There are things that I, when I saw Candace, for me, it was almost love at first sight, right? There were things that... I just, I just had this knowing that she was the one. And I'm not saying that that is, that is, should be the thing for everybody. That's everybody's journey is different. And to be honest with you, if somebody came for counsel and they had the same set of situation that we had when we got married, I'd be like, listen, y'all ain't ready. (laughs) Right. And so, So again, that's not everybody's situation, but what I didn't realize, there were things that I saw in Candace, but there were some things that the Lord put in her that I did not know that I needed. And if I'm honest, when she began to distribute the things that I needed, I rejected it at first because it was so countercultural to what I was used to. But how many know you don't need what you're used to all the time? 
You need something different that's going to grow you that's going to that's going to push you and nudge you and 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 sharpen you right and there was healing like if i just had my way and she just agreed with everything i would be stuck and miserable today because i learn we all learn how to maneuver in the environments that we've been placed in Right. And sometimes and, and the environments that we choose, right? Because when we become adults, yeah. we we have the choice to gravitate to the environments that feel best to us. And so oftentimes right. that's exactly what we do. Like we can't choose our environment when we're growing up. And so <laughs> a lot of times we'll think about our childhood and we're like, oh, you know what I mean? Having to do the things that we didn't want to do. But then as soon as you become an adult, I'm choosing. So who's choosing the who's choosing the rough road? Who's choosing the conflict? Who's choosing the abrasive conversations? The iron that sharpens iron. Who's choosing that? Sorry, That's go ahead. It. I digress. No, you're absolutely right. We're not. Nobody in their right mind wants to choose hardship. Hello. Or change. Like we don't like change, but we want ben the benefit of change. Right. And so there are some things, there's some, there's some, I'll just talk about us. Like I grew up in a wonderful family, but my family was very controlling. My family was very like they did well in their environment, but sometimes you are called to do different things, bigger things, um, more challenging things we should be we should be building on top of a foundation that was laid out for us mm -hmm. but sometimes we're not building up we're just building wide right well if we're right? not careful and the expectation is that to come in to say hey you know that there's more for you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that you've been stuck here for a while what do you want to do? I remember we were at a place at a crossroads in our, not so much in marriage, but just in life. I was stuck. I was frustrated. We both were. And, and Candace was like, you know, I think, and I was mad. Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm anticipating what she's about to say. And I'm already feeling like a failure. I'm feeling like, I'm not making good decisions, all this kind of stuff. So I'm like barking at her. She's like, hey, 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 hey. She was like, listen to what I'm saying. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And she said this to me, and I never had this thought, right? She was like, Jonathan, there's a whole world out here. We can go anywhere. I will go wherever you want to go. And I was like, what? Because sometimes we are in a place because we think there's no other place but the place we're in. And I feel, I feel that right there. There's some of you that are frustrated. Your vision is right, but your environment is wrong. Hmm. I'm going to say that again. Your vision can be right, but your environment can be wrong. But we've been taught to be loyal to the environment. 
We've been taught to to like just deal with the cards that have been have been dealt to you. Right. And we feel as though we don't have any other options but to do what we're doing more and harder and faster and all of these things. And hopefully one day it will change. Right. But the Lord may be putting people or even your spouse to say, hey, we can do this somewhere else. Some of you have had dreams of seeing the world, but you've been stuck for the past decade. Part of your part of your conflict at home is because you don't see anything different. Mm -hmm. You don't discuss anything different. You're trying to fix the symptoms sometimes of a bad environment. Mm -hmm. And the question is, you know, can we stop and reassess what is it that you want to do? And notice I said, what do you want to do? Not what can you do? Because many of us, we've been in a season of lack for a little bit, and we are trying to figure out what can we do with the resources that we have. But how many know that when you move into different environments, other resources show up? That's the truth. You've had vision on the inside, but scared to move on it. And so again, there's times where we are, we are loyal to a resource that sustained us in a drought, but sometimes that resource dries up and it's time to move to the next place. Mm -hmm. And you have a spouse that is, that is willing to move with you. That's the leverage. That's the leverage. And, and again, I knew that I couldn't just marry anybody because I'm called, we are called to the world. We are called to global. We are, we have to be able to, like the Lord has had us move multiple times. And so if I was married to a person that was like, I just need stability. I can't move anywhere. I've, I've lived here for 50 years and I'm going to keep stay here for 50 years. Then as much as I love that person, they are going to be the lid to my purpose because I've got to be able to move. And there's a grace on Candace that she's been able to move. And there's a grace on me that when it was time for her to move, she felt like we got to move. I'm like, okay, let's go. We are comfortable following wherever the Lord says go, right? But that's part of our call. But if I'm married to someone that is going to have a nervous breakdown every time we got to make a change, then listen, this ain't going to work out. And every now and then, especially if you haven't done it, ever, or you haven't done it in a while, you need to stop and say, where are we in this? Do we still want the same things? Sure. And I think too, where are we in this in relation to what we understand God's purpose to be for us? That's it. That's because a lot of times it can feel like you're you're just drowning because you're asking the question where are we in this but you have nothing to anchor you right we're just where are we when this in this well i'm in my feelings 
and they're in their feelings and we're just in our feelings. So we can identify where we are and we can identify all of the things that are seemingly wrong. But if you don't have something to anchor you, right? Like, um, I remember earlier this year, there was a word that I felt like God put on my heart and that word was re, uh, was calibration, recalibration. And the, the interesting part of recalibration is that it's, it's change. It is change, but it's change according to the standard of truth, right? You've got to have something that anchors you. You've got to have an absolute truth that you're changing um, as you're looking to it, right? You're adjusting in relation to truth. And I think sometimes in relationships, we don't always have that anchor. And so we're constantly orbiting around each other. We're, we're responding to each other, but there's nothing that that's sitting in the center that's saying, this is our bigger why. This is our bigger purpose. This is our bigger destiny. And so we've got to have that in order for um, your your relationship, like you said, to go anywhere, to grow anywhere. Like if you don't have that, what are you growing to? Where are you going and what are you growing to? That's it. Because, and listen, there are things, there are mistakes that are made. There are missteps. There are all kinds of things that we can complain about or what have you. You're not going to win the championship if you are still blaming each other for the loss. You know what I mean? I want to use this analogy. I, I tell couples this all the time. If you can imagine when you when you got married or what have you, that your family or friends all got together and they bought you this huge estate, like it's acres of land. There's a huge house on it. There's uh, everything that you would ever desire. There's a pool. There's a um, there's a water views, whatever, whatever your desire is. It could be mountains, whatever, whatever. Just imagine it's in the perfect place, all that kind of stuff. The only challenge is it has not been developed. Right. And so the nuts, the bolts, the foundation is good. It's there, but it's up to you to now build it into what you want it to be. And that's essentially what marriage is, right? It's like, I've given you, God's given you vision, purpose, all of these things in both of you, you got resources, you got all of this stuff, but now you've got to develop it, right? And you work at it because once you, once you fix the pool, now you can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there are times where we get stuck with the things that are broken instead of saying, okay, but we have what we need to fix it. What is it that you want? Yeah. Because marriage does have the, it's the greatest leveraging potential that God has put together, but you can't leverage something if you don't know what you're leveraging it for. Right. And, you know, and so and if a, you don't take time to say, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go? How do you want to go? Like sitting down and saying, listen, if money was no object, if whatever, like, what are we building for? Right. You know, because it's going to be hard to make plans if you don't know where you're going. True. 
One of the things that we had talked about, I believe it was on the episode with Pastor Gia, um, is that, and that is expectations. And I think a lot of us, we walk into marriages um, with seeds of failure because we have different expectations than what marriage is. You know what I mean? Like, I love the analogy that you just gave about having to develop something. But how many of us go into marriage thinking that I got to develop something that's overrun, that's, you know what I mean? That's dilapidated. You know what I mean? That's like, nobody thinks about who who wants to go into a marriage thinking like, oh, this is the work that I have to do, right? Like we go into it thinking like, this is awesome, new life. I got a new boo, it's gonna be great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we might argue a little bit. We might have to get on the same page, but like my expectation is not building, it's not building to that degree. So then when I have to do that, I'm disappointed when I've got to put in that level of work. I'm frustrated because I feel like, why do I have to do this? Right. But we have to keep talking about uh, keep talking about issues and my spouse doesn't just get it and change. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. Like, why can't you just get it? Why can't you just be what I need you to be? Why can't you just do this or that or whatever? You know what I mean? Like. Because, and it's not necessarily because the issues that we have are so big, it's because our expectations were so different. That's it. And we've been taught many times, it's, you know, you got to marry the right person. You got to get the right one. Like we're, we keep trying to have ready-made things. You are not lying about that. Ready-made things are not always quality. Rarely. And so... And so again, (laughs) again, it's like, it's, there is no right person. Even if you have a right person, you still have to build, right? You you still still have a future that's underdeveloped because you haven't developed it. Right. That's it. And so again, I know you were saying like, like I want it already done, but if somebody handed you the keys that there was an abandoned, um, mansion here in Bermuda and you just got to develop it. Like we're going to give you the keys for free, right? It has everything, but you just got to paint the walls. You got to fix some floors or whatever, you know, it's worth millions, but it's just, it needs some love. You take that in a heartbeat. Sure. Because your expectation is set for that. Because you value that. True. And the question but you also is, going into it eyes lost, wide open. Listen, have you lost the value of what you've asked for in your marriage? Ooh, somebody put that in the chat. Have you lost the value of what you asked for? Like, have you have you lost sight of the value That's of it. the thing that you asked for? That is such a great point that you are making. And so there's value there. There's, there's love there. There's history there. There's, you know, uh, wisdom there. You've already made mistakes. So the only place you could go is up from here. Listen. And so again, you've got to begin to see things differently. You got to begin to see the worth. You got to begin to see the value. You got to begin to see and give each other the ability to change so that you can leverage this. 
right? And just because you've gone through hard times, it doesn't mean that the value is any less. And I think sometimes that is something that we struggle with, right? Like after we have experienced a number of disappointments or after we feel like, well, this person is not gonna change. Like what I am expecting and what they're willing to do is just not compatible for whatever reason, right? When we have, when we have made that resolution in our heart, whether or not that is true or not, I think that that causes us to begin to devalue you know, the, the relationship, because it's not doing what I wanted it to do. Right. The relation, this relationship was supposed to be a blessing to me. It's supposed to come in, it's supposed to be encouragement. It's supposed to make me feel good. It's supposed to keep my feet warm at night. You know what I mean? It's supposed to, <laughs> it's supposed to, to bring me my coffee in the morning. It's supposed, you know what I mean? Theoretically, but I'm saying all of these things, cause these are the things that we have, you know, this is what I was hoping for. To me, when I think about a good life, this is what I think about. And so, like, what is causing us to maybe devalue um, the thing that we ask God for? Because, uh, you know, our expectations are not being met. And what, and where can we circle back? Where can we circle back, right? Because the whole point of this show is personal growth and greatness, right? So it's not like the growth of my spouse so that I can be great. It is my own personal growth. And so we start with ourselves first. And sometimes we have got to assess our expectations, right? I remember there was a person that was super duper close to me. And every time that they expressed their expectations, they would just say, well, that's just common sense, right? It's just common sense. The thing that I'm thinking, the thing that I'm expecting, that's common sense. You should just, everybody should just be doing it. And so oftentimes I'm like, how do you figure that this is common sense? Like, what is this based on? What makes you think that the thing that you want is, is supposed to be everybody else's standard? Like, what makes you think that you are the standard of what everybody else should be doing? And mm -hmm. that sounds a little rude and it sounds a little cheeky, but the question is like, what is informing your expectations? Who said that your spouse is supposed to do all of the things that you expect? And the things that you expect, like, are they a nice to have? Are they a need to have? And some of the things that you want are, are preferences, right? In order for your relationship to grow to the next level, are you saying that your spouse has to meet all of your preferences? And is that fair? And are you prepared to meet all of theirs? Come on. You know, many of you guys know that we have, we have this, uh, this French bulldog named blue and we love blue. We love blue. But blue. We do. Um, but if we're honest, like we've had pets before we've had dogs before, but we haven't always been the best trainers. Right. And, and I'm going to use this analogy, but by no means if I call it anybody a dog or anything like that, but there are things that when you train dogs, if you have treats, they will do whatever you want them to do, right? We will do whatever. And whatever. So like we would, we'd be yelling, not yelling at Blue, but we're like, sit, do that, come here, stay, all this kind of stuff. But we felt like you should just do this because we are your owners. <laughs> and we provide for you. It's the principle and we of it. feed you. I should not have to bribe, because in my mind, 
I'm like, I shouldn't have to bribe you with a treat for you to act good, right? I shouldn't have to have it. And then the trainer comes and the first thing they say, where are your treats at? <laughs> the first right? thing. They grab the treats and I'm telling you, Blue's doing cartwheels. He's Blue's doing a circus all kinds of things. Right. He's doing he's acting so good before they even ask him to because he wants that treat. Right. And and what I'm saying is, is that there are times where there's conflict in our marriage because we feel like you should just do this because I'm your husband. You should just do this because I'm your wife. You should just do this because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And we don't know how to get the best out of each other because you don't deserve that. You should just do it. Mm. However, if you give what they need or desire, you'll get everything you want in return. But there's something in us that makes us feel less than when we feel like we have to do something we don't really want to do in order for them to do the thing we want them to do. Or, or, or it's an inconvenience because I feel like, well, I don't need that in order for me to do it. So why in the world do I got to give extra? Why, why do I got to do extra for you to do the thing that I just naturally do? Now I got to jump right. through hoops. I got to jump through a flaming hoop of fire just for you <laughs> to do the thing that I'm asking you to do. That's it. I and see some people in the chat. I'm seeing oh. mercy, mercy, mercy. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ouch. And the Listen, goal, I'm feeling we that out here. <laughs> we forget that the goal is the harvest. Right. And we, we can't even get past the plowing of the field because we, we add each other. Right. But there are some things that if I do, there's some things I won't even have to ask Candace to do. There's some things that if she does, listen, I will build a whole new house. Right. And so again, we have to be, we have to realize that this, Ooh, God, yes. This relationship, this marriage relationship is not us just continuing to live single, but married. Expound this on marriage that. Relationship is saying, I trust you and I'm entering into this covenant relationship with you. My resources are now yours. My, my skill sets are now yours. My, my success is now your success. Your, my enemies are your enemies. My, my, attributes are now you're like we are merging this thing together because together we can build something that we could never build apart mm -hmm. and we've got to work out how to work together but if you come in opposing each other right it's going to be a hard field to plow and so, so again, I'm telling you, like, there's some things that we've got to work out in us because we're fighting through all of these feelings of being rejected, of being disrespected, of being, uh, getting the short end of the stick of all of this stuff. And you have a spouse that says, I'm willing to give you everything. Hmm. And I can hear it now, Pastor Jay, you don't know my house. Listen, it didn't start out that way. 
There was a time where y'all were, listen, you couldn't wait to be together, right? And we've got to get back to that place because we are withholding the resources because we feel, we feel like we're in scarcity when really we're living in abundance. We just don't know how to get to it. Right. Is this helping anybody? Right. And I think too, and I can speak, you know, I think sometimes we're, we are living in scarcity, but it's probably, it's probably sometimes because we feel like we're having to exert other resources that we didn't feel like we, we, we wanted to, we planned to, or we should. Right. So I feel like I'm having to do more than what I expected on this end. So in the area that you're wanting me to extend, I'm not. Because I feel like I'm overextending on this hand, I'm going to preserve myself on this hand, right? So what do you have to say about that? Because it seems, it feels logical. And I want to know from a man's perspective, do you, do you, you know what I mean? Do you understand that exchange to feel the same as a guy? And then what, what do you have to say about that? Those, those feelings when it's like, but I'm having to do so much extra on this side. Yeah. So I think it's human nature, right? It's, it's this, like people will say, you know, I bring 50, you bring 50, but that's not how marriage works. You got to bring a hundred and they got to bring a hundred for it to work. And what happens many times is when, when we feel like we are giving the lion's share of things, we start, we start withholding the thing that the other person wants. Right. And so there's, there's a book that we've been talking about, um, called love and respect. And so a lot of times for men, we are, we are big on respect and women are big on love. So you never see, uh, the Bible or the Lord command the wife to love her husband because she automatically does that for the most part. Right. You never see the Lord tell the husband to respect his wife because he already walks in that. So he tells the husband, love your wife. And he tells the wife to honor your husband, right? Because those are the things where we struggle. And so when a man doesn't feel honored, he withholds love. When a wife doesn't feel love, she withholds respect. And then we get into this crazy cycle where we're just going to wait each other out. And while we're doing that, nothing is being productive, right? But here's the deal. There's a story of uh, these two guys that are fishing. They're in the middle of this lake. And on one side of the boat, there's, there's a leak that springs, right? There's a hole in the boat on one side where one guy is and the other guy is on the other side. And so the guy where the leak is, he starts bailing water. And the other guy is just fishing. And he finally says, he says, why aren't you helping me? He was like, because the leak's on your side of the boat, right? It's not on my side. But how many know that if that leak doesn't get taken care of, it doesn't matter what side it's on, the whole thing's going to go under. And I think we've got to change our perspective to say we are in this together it does not matter where the leak is. If we don't fix this, we're all going to drown. And there are times, and it's been 
we've been married for 10 years or whatever. There's been times where Candace has needed all of my strength because of what she was going through. There's been times where I've needed all of her strength because I didn't have it, but we are going somewhere. And there have been times where we're like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And in those times where we are upset with each other because we're not bringing our 100, we're not doing those things. We are, we are talking, we're discussing it. We're upset. We're all of these things, but there's very little progress happening. And we're spending more time trying to see, are we going to move forward? Or are we going to abandon ship? But when we realize what's ahead of us is far greater than what's behind us. Mm-hmm. And so let, let me help you get strong again. Let me carry this, uh, right? And we're so glad that we're in a space now that, listen, we knew that God had great things, but like we didn't know it was going to be like this. And the things that he's showing us now, if we wouldn't have got to this point, we couldn't even see what greater he has down the road. And I look back and I'm like, there's times when we just look at each other like, I'm so glad we didn't give up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think so one of that we didn't walk away. I think one of the things that is important to note for so many people who are listening tonight, if they're married, is that like you've got to decide, you've got to resolve that walking away is not your best option, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we were even talking about that, and I believe we talked about that uh, on the episode with uh, Dr. Opopa when we were talking about um, five tips for to improve your mental health. But we as individuals, a lot of times, we think that the problems in our life are the people in our life. And if we can just disconnect from the people, (laughs) then we will be rid of our problems. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is like, it is impossible to achieve the best version of yourself without people. And so like, you've got to, it's gonna be hard work. It's gonna be some tears. It's gonna be some sweat. It's gonna be these things, but like going it alone is not gonna get you where you're trying to go. It may get you somewhere, but it may, it, it's, it's likely not going to get you to the best of yourself, right? You, you, you might have to, to conform to another version of something, but it's not gonna get you to the best of yourself. And so I just want to encourage those of you, like, don't give up, don't give up. And I just want to reiterate that going into isolation and trying to do it alone is not the solution to your problem. People are not your problem. Now, your ability to relate to people may be your problem, and that's a skill set. But people are not your problem. That's it. Thank you, dear, for being with us tonight. Um, Thank you for inviting me. You're so welcome. You are so welcome. For those of you who are still watching and you have enjoyed this content, please leave a, throw a heart, put a message in the chat. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Uh, Jonathan. It has been a pleasure and I'm sure that we will have you again on this platform. For those of you who haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe. So thanks again for watching. Everybody have a great evening. And if you haven't yet, go to my website, www.candislam.com.
www.thelifeconnectedmovement.com. There are free downloadable resources there for you. And you can also join my mailing list. So I'll see you all next week. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Growth and Greatness podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode. And follow me on social media at Candice Lamb. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-L-A-M-B-E. To catch the replay of this live show, check out my channel, Rain Life Entertainment, on YouTube. That's R-E-I-G-N, Life Entertainment, on YouTube.